But I do want to thank you for being here. We are in week 39 of our study in the book of Mark, and we are going to stay there today. Um, I do want to let you know that we will, we will take a step out of the book of Mark on the 19th. It will be a Christmas sermon, and so if you're bringing friends and family to that service, which I want to encourage you to do on December the 19th, uh, they will, we will not be back in the book of Mark. We won't be going over some um, text that doesn't have anything to do with Christmas. We'll be preaching a Christmas message. But for this season, um, I felt the Lord leading us to stay in the book of Mark as we, as we walk through. And so I tell you what, we're going to do it a little bit differently today. Go ahead and open your Bibles. Today's sermon is entitled, My Prayer for the Next Generation. My Prayer for the Next Generation. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. If you have your Bibles. If you don't, feel free to get your phone out, open up an app, um, or it'll be on the screens behind me to help you as well. But Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. I'm going to read our text, and then I'll intro the sermon today. Verse 28 says, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceived that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And so the scribe came, uh, said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. This is not a point of today's message, but this is a continuation from last Sunday. And if you remember last Sunday, frequently asked questions. The two questions that were asked Jesus were from a heart of doubt, skepticism, and hate. The question we find today is from a heart of sincerity. And I'm not, that's not the point of the message today, but you can see in the response of Jesus when he said that he had answered him wisely and he gave him those words, you were not far from the kingdom of God. Jesus was recognizing that this frequently asked question came from a heart of sincerity. Can we pray together as we see my prayer for the next generation? Heavenly Father, speak through your word today. Illuminate scripture, the areas that may seem difficult for us to understand. I pray that you would, uh, uh, that you would illuminate them and you would help us to understand and comprehend in ways uh, which we may have not uh, before. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today... Today is family dedication, and we specifically call it family dedication because most of the kids up here, there we have kids, I believe, three and under, something like that. Most of the kids up here will never remember this day. Maybe Caden will. Where's, where y'all at? There you go. Maybe, maybe Caden will. Ain't that right, buddy? That's my guy right there. He's like, why did you just call me out in front of everybody? <laughs> but the majority today of these babies, they won't remember necessarily what happened today. Uh, similar, this is the same reason why we don't baptize babies and infants in our, in our church. They, they, number one, they don't remember it. It's not a decision they're making. Number two, it's just nowhere found in the Bible. So uh, we, we, don't, we don't do that. But in our dedications today, we call it family dedication because we do believe that God tells us 
as families, your family and then us as a church family, that there are some things that we ought to do to raise our children under the word of God. There's some things we ought to do to raise our children in the faith. And so with that being the backdrop of today's sermon, I felt that it was applicable in today's text. The simple question is, what's the most important thing? The older that you get, sometimes you have to remove some things from your life. You have to trim some areas of your life. And so you're often caught asking yourself this question. What's more important? This job and the money that I'm making or the extra time I get to spend with my family? Those, those are difficult. What's more important? What could happen 10 years from now or what is about to happen 10 days from now? Those are important questions. And we live our lives oftentimes asking ourselves whether consciously or subconsciously, what's the greatest? What's the most significant? What is the most important? And this scribe here finds himself in that same situation. He's asking Jesus what is the greatest commandment. And Jesus answers really with a one-word answer to sum it up. And that is this. Love. Love. Now, I could, as you know, I like to reference uh, pop culture songs. I mean, we could have a ton of them today. I mean, I could, we could start living on love. We could, I'm not even, I'm actually not even going to go down. I'm not even going to start because I couldn't stop. Um, but love, we talk a lot about it. Songwriters write a lot about it. Anybody in here like a 90s R&B fan? You cannot, you cannot say you are in church, man. That's the, that's the worst kind of music. Anyway, it's all about love, right? <laughs> Some of y'all just unashamed were like, yep, yeah, that's me. Um, but uh, it's all about love. We talk a lot about love. This time of year, we want to be around those that we love. We want to to buy things for those that we love. And and just in case you didn't do it in December, February the 14th is coming up. And you got to make sure that you can take care of love and love and love. And then then we created some random Hallmark Day called Sweetest Day for for them to get more money from you. uh, Just to give someone something that you love. Right? Everything's about love. Love. But what does the Bible say about love? Anybody know the most popular chapter in the Bible on love? You hear it at a lot of weddings. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But before I read that chapter to you this morning, or just a few verses from it, I want us to understand something. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, was not written as a standalone chapter to be read at weddings. It was not written as a A chapter for someone who's doing premarital counseling to go, okay, let's go through the checklist of love. And if you don't have all these, you probably don't love them. Babe, don't make me go through that checklist. I'm just kidding. I won't put you through it if you won't put me through it. Anyway. No, it wasn't written for that. It wasn't written for like a guilt trip or some checklist that we aspire to. It was actually written in the context of the previous chapter. 
In the previous chapter, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the giftings of the Spirit. And how every single person within the body has a role that they play. And not everybody can be the eye. Because if everybody were the eye, where would the walking be? And not everybody can be the feet. Because if everyone were the feet, where would the hands be? How many of you, I mean, there's some pretty rough body parts, right? And so like, you know, every, every church is a body. So like some of y'all are armpits. Some of us are, you know, we won't go any further. But we all have a part to, a part to play. And so the context of the love chapter is how each of us, no matter our giftings, how each of us must lead with love or else our giftings are just white noise. You could speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but if you don't have love, it profits you nothing. You could give all your goods to feed the poor, but if you don't love, then it profits you nothing. And so with that backdrop, can I read the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13 with you this morning? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains. I mean, this is a really, really spiritual person. But I have not love. I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I'll even die for this. But if I have not love, it profits me nothing. So Jesus has asked the question, what's the greatest commandment? And the answer is love. But love is not a kiss when you're feeling romantic with that person you've been dating and that connection, that physical connection. Love is not that feeling you get inside when you first start to fall in love with that person. Love is much more than a feeling. I'll say this, love is the command. Love is the answer to the problem. And so this morning as the pastor of this church, my prayer for the next generation is found right here. Number one, I want us to see this. Love Jesus with everything you've got. Now, really, I should have the children in here today, but what I'm hoping that today is, is a day for me to pour into you so that you will pour into either, either it's your children or the children in your circle. Love Jesus with everything you've got. Back in the book of Mark, chapter 12 in our text, Jesus answered him in verse 29, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. This is the first commandment. Now, there's actually a lot there. If you really want to break down uh, loving, think about it, loving God with your heart, with your soul, with your mind... Man, we have a lot of struggles in our mind, men and ladies alike, with, with purity in our minds. And, and the answer is not putting an extra filter on your internet. It is loving the Lord your God with all your mind and with all your strength, everything we do. 
So to love Jesus, my prayer for the next generation is to love Jesus with all their hearts. If I could miraculously make something happen, if I could literally just speak something into existence this morning, it would be that I would want uh, to fall in love with with Jesus, with everything that I had, I would want you to fall in love with Jesus with every part of your being, and I would want for your teenagers and your children this morning to fall in love with Jesus with every bit of their being this morning. I would want the next generation, the boys and girls that are listening to, to, to good Bible teaching right now and singing good Bible songs right now that are over on the, in the other building this morning, I would want for every single one of them to grow up to love the Lord there. God, that's the first, that's the first thing. That's the primary thing this morning. They may not get everything right. How many of you have adult children this morning? Raise your hand, you have adult children. Listen, can you testify? They're not, and even if they're sitting right near you, can you testify? They don't always get things right. Amen? Go ahead. Go ahead, darling. I could hear, I, I could hear it. I could sense it. Yeah, yeah. They don't always get everything right. They may not cross every T like you would cross the T. They may not dot every I like you, like you dot the I. But this morning, if you have a child or you have an adult or you have a teenager this morning, your number one priority for them would be that they love Jesus with everything that they have. And if them loving Jesus looks a little differently than you loving Jesus, then you need to be okay. Chill. You're going to be fine. Listen, this morning, you may have a child that gets business right. You may have a child that gets academics right. You may get, have a child that gets finances right. You may have a child that gets athletics right. You may have a child that gets talent right. But if they don't get loving God right, then all of that other stuff does not matter. They can be the richest young person in this world, but if they don't love God with all their heart, with all their soul, with everything they've got, then I as a parent have failed my kids in raising them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. My prayer for the next generation is that they love Jesus with all their hearts. And, and can I say this? I'm now in that weird stage of my life where I don't feel like I'm old yet, but I'm definitely not super young still. And there's a lot of people like 15 years younger than me that are adults, and that's really, really odd. Can I say as like this guy that's kind of in between generations, can we be cool if people just love Jesus? Is that okay? But their music sounds different than the music I was raised on. Is it okay? Can they just love Jesus? Guess what? You were different than your parents. You were different than your grandparents. Can we just be super happy? Can we just be super excited? If that girl right there and her sister that's in the kids today, if they just grow up to love Jesus. Listen, the church that they go to when they get old and they, and they have children of their own, it may not be my favorite church that I, that I would ever attend. But guess what? They love Jesus. They love Jesus. And they may not do everything that I would want them to do, but if they love Jesus, that is my prayer this morning. They may get everything else right in life, but if they fail at loving God, then none of that other stuff matters. And may I say here today to every teenager that's in this room and even a couple of kids that are in this room, I don't care how young they are this morning, I want every young person, young adult in this room today to listen to me. Love the Lord your God with everything you have. Listen, we don't try to put you in a box here. We don't try to force you into some mold here. 
Love Jesus. Love him with everything you've got. That's my prayer. That is my prayer this morning for the next generation. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop with getting your closet when no one's looking and pray to me for hours a day and develop this incredible connection with him, even though that would be better than what many of us do. He doesn't stop. He continues. Secondly, love others unconditionally. Love others unconditionally. The second, verse 31, like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Loving others. Can I just really bring it down? Love God. Love people. You say, what is the mystery of the Christian life? Love God. Love people. Hey, when you figure that out, come back and talk to me. We'll spend a lifetime figuring that out. Yesterday I came by, did some stuff here at the church, and I was, I was pulling out. I go a weird way out of here because I like to walk, drive through the neighborhood, just see houses and see people. I was going out a different way, and I saw Matthew. You may not know the name Matthew, but you may have seen Northgate Park's homeless man. Redhead, blondish red hair with a beard. Uh, keep your eyes open. You'll see him. He walks around. <clears throat> I've spoken to Matthew since we've been here a year and a half. I've spoken to him about three times. But something yesterday just said, hey, man, like, turn back around. And so I did the U-turn. He probably was like, what in the world is this guy doing? And I pulled up beside him and I said, hey, man, I said, remind me of your name. He said, it's Matthew. I said, hey, listen, I'm the pastor of that church right across the way over there. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, listen, I don't know if I've made it clear to you, but I wanted to be very clear that every single Sunday at 10 a.m., we would love for you to worship with us every single Sunday. And he kind of, he didn't say a word. He just looked at me. I said, no, I want you to understand what I'm saying. Every Sunday at 10 o'clock, we want you to worship with us. And he shook his head. He said, okay. And I said, and if you ever are hungry, if you ever need a warm, if you ever need a warm place to stay, I can't help you right now. But um, <clears throat> in a couple weeks, <laughs> we'll be able to help you. If you need anything, I said, I want you to know that you can always come to that door right there, and we will always help you. And I got done, and I said, you know what? Man, it's so easy to focus on the person who drove in today in a nice SUV, who lives in a nice house this morning, who's got <clears throat> financial plans for the rest of their lives and their children's lives, and who's got everything in order. It's really easy to be like, hey, let me turn around real quick and say, hey, listen, I want you guys to know, hey, you're welcome any Sunday. Believe me, 10 o'clock, come on in. Here's four ways to give. It's very easy to do that. It's a little more difficult to look at Matthew and go, you know, if he shows up, he probably won't have a shower that morning. To be honest with you, how will we interact with him? Probably the majority of us don't interact unless you're in law enforcement this morning. You probably don't interact with tons of homeless people on a consistent basis. 
But my question to myself yesterday was, are you going to get up there and preach, love God and love others, and drive by a homeless man and not be an encouragement? And I guess my question for you today, and I looked around really good before I got to this point, was if Matthew was sitting right here, how would you react? Now stop. Right now you're lying to yourself, going, oh, I'd go up to him and I would hug his neck and thank him, that he, thank, thank him for being here and ask him if he needed lunch anywhere, and man, we would love on him. So be real. Be real. My prayer for the next generation is that if Matthew, and God willing, he will be in this auditorium on a consistent basis. If he's in here, that not only do my wife and, and I go out of our way, but I pray we have two little girls who say, Dad, how, how, can, how can we help? My prayer for the next generation, and I'll be honest with you, they do a better job of it than we do sometimes. My prayer for the next generation is that they love others unconditionally. Because I believe this quote, the heart that is truly in love with Jesus cannot help but love his neighbor. Think about the quote. Digest it. The heart that is in love with Jesus cannot help but love his neighbor. So what does the inverse of that tell us? If we're having a hard time loving our neighbor, then we need to check our heart with God. That's what the inverse of that quote means. That means this morning if we're hard-hearted and we don't care about the poor and we don't care about the needy this morning, that we need to put it in reverse and we need to turn around and we need to look vertically and say there's something not right between my heart and God's heart this morning. You say, why should we love our neighbor as ourselves? Because we understand that Jesus loves our neighbor just like he loves us. Jesus loves him, therefore I love him. Familiar, he matters to God, so he matters to us. It's a part of who we are supposed to be as a church, to love people, to love people, to love people, to love them in the good times, to love them in the struggles, to love them when they're making the right choices, to love them when they're downtrodden or backslidden, to love them when they are faithful, to love them when we have not seen them for weeks, to love people. That is who we are to be as a church this morning. John chapter 13 and verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all know that you are my disciples. If you dress the way you're supposed to dress on Sundays. If you make sure when you read your Bible that you post about it on social media. If you do your devotions and put it on the Instagram, right? No. By this will all men know that you are my disciples. And I'm not going to get off on this rabbit trail. If the first fruit of the Spirit is present in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is love. 
How will this world out here that's searching, this world that acts like they don't want anything to do with God and with what the gospel brings, how will this world know that we are real? It's if we have love one for another. And I believe it's twofold. I believe that love is within the body of believers. They see us loving each other. But I also believe it's love one to another from the inside out as we love on our community. This morning, people will know that we are legit if we have love for one another. And I know that love can be a complex thing in people's lives. And, and by love, I don't mean that to be an ignorance of the realities in some people's lives. You don't love a drug, drug addict by giving them more drugs. You don't love an alcoholic by buying them a 12-pack. I understand that. And we're not here this morning to discuss that. But as best as we know how, with the wisdom God has given us in his word and the guidance of his spirit, we are to love people with no questions, with no reservations. Excuse me. We are to love people. That's helped our sound a little bit. That's why it's there. Why? Because it's the second greatest commandment behind loving God. Why? Because all men will know that we are followers of Jesus if we love. And so this morning, if I could make it happen and speak it into existence, here's exactly what I'd say. My prayer for the next generation is that they would madly fall in love with Jesus. That before anything else that they try to fix in their lives, before any type of external change they try to bring about, that they fall deeply in love with Jesus in their hearts and in their minds and in their souls. That is my number one prayer for every young person, uh, teenager, child, young adult in this church is that they would love the Lord their God with everything they've got. And then secondly, that they would take that love that they've received from God and they would transfer it from the vertical love we've received to the horizontal love of loving other people unconditionally. Listen, loving them no matter what they've done, no matter what is standing in the way, no matter what bridges they've built or walls they've, they've built up, loving them through all of it unconditionally. And may I say this this morning, if your children, no matter how, how old they are, whether they be adults or whether they be the youngest child here today, if they will love God and they will love people, then you've been a godly parent, man. Success in the Christian life. You say, Josh, does every single one of them always follow Jesus? Listen, I understand. Absolutely not. They get to be around the middle school age. They start making their own choices and their own decisions. But may I say this? Over my praying body, will my children go a different way? Over walking over my bent knee, praying for them, will they go a different way? Love God and love people. Heavenly Father, this morning, there's not a more important command given in your word. And there are a lot of commands. You give us commands on how to interact as church members. You give us commands as how to interact as husbands, how to interact as wives. You give us commands uh, on, on many, many different elements of our lives. 
But the greatest, the most important commandment today is that we would love God and that we would love people. And God, if we get everything else wrong, may we get that right. God, if we fail in other areas, may we succeed in this one. May we teach our children to love Jesus. May we sing songs about the Lord and play songs about worshiping Him. May we read Scripture together. May we encourage learning and the study of God's Word. May we love others. May we create times in our families' lives, especially even around these holidays, where we give opportunities to love other people. I wonder if you're here today and you say, Josh, I, I love the simplicity of what you said, but I've never experienced the love of God in my heart. The love of God was displayed and distributed to all mankind through Jesus. His love was displayed on the cross. And this morning, if you've never experienced that love, I want to invite you right in your seat where you're at today to acknowledge that you're a sinner. To acknowledge that you need a Savior. To acknowledge that in your sin... You'd wind up lost. And that Jesus paid it all. He came and he died on the cross. And he died on the cross for you. For me. He was buried but he didn't stay buried. He rose again. Three days later. And if you'll believe on him. Matthew, or Mark chapter 1 says Jesus came preaching, repent and believe the gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus paid it all. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.